Well, good morning and greetings in the Master's name. I'd like to invite everyone who is a teenager up through, if you, as long as you consider yourself a youth, to come up here and sit behind these youth, behind the youth class. Anybody who's a teenager that isn't up here, come on up. And while they're coming up, y'all can be thinking about prayer requests. I'd like to consider those momentarily here. Thank you all for coming up. The message this morning is a message primarily for the youth, um, but it's a little bit heavy for the youth. I'll just put it that way. It's for all of us, but I decided to go ahead and let them come up and so they can focus more on what we have this morning. What are your prayer requests that you would have this morning? And when we're done, or when we kneel for prayer, Brother Claude, could you lead in prayer for us, please? I'd like to say what a privilege to have such a group up here. This is the church that is growing. And so many little ones in our midst, it's such a blessing. So thankful for every child that is here. You are important in the church of God. The, message, the, the title of the message today is Two Roads. And if you can picture with me, not two roads going like this. It's two roads, if you can think of maybe like interstate, with two roads on the outside going one way, and down the middle, another road is going another way. That describes life a little better than diverging roads. As we walk through life, we're not getting farther away from the world around us. We're right in the middle. And if we get off that road, we get sucked the other direction. So, we have two roads. You choose which direction you're going. But it's on either side of us, there's a current pulling us the opposite direction. I'd like to start the message this morning with a, a poem by Robert Frost. And some of you could probably quote this poem. And it, isn't, it is not um, a really very great description of the Christian life. But I'd like to start with it. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood. And sorry I could not travel both, and be one traveler long I stood, and looked down one as far as I could, to where it bent in the undergrowth. Then took the other, just as fair, and having perhaps the better claim, because it was grassy and wanted wear, those for that the passing there had worn them really about the same. And both that morning equally lay in leaves no step had trodden black, Oh, I kept the first for another day, yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh, somewhere ages and ages hence. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. I'd really like to think about this last two lines. I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the the difference. Youth, you are walking in the yellow wood. Actually, we all are to some degree. But the road you choose for life 
will make all the difference. You're at a very critical time in life. And choices you make now will make the difference, both in big and small ways. If you choose the road of self-indulgence, you're going to reap the benefits of that. And the further you go down that road, the harder it is to turn around. The more baggage you'll have to deal with if you go down that road. Young people, most, if not all of you, like and want action. You want a challenge and a goal. Something to stretch your abilities and excite your senses. You like competition. At least the youth in our, my family do. I think most youth like competition. They like to play games. They like to test themselves against others. That's good. It's the way God made you. In the message today, we're going to find quite a few action words. Words that require commitment and hard work. And these action words are all part of the journey down the road less traveled. That road that not as many people have taken. The road that it takes a choice to go down. I'd like to start with two verses in Job. And y'all, you can turn to it if you want. Job 13, verses 15 and 16. And to my class, this is why I could quote this verse this morning. I've been studying it. Um, I quoted this verse in our class this morning. Job 13, verses 15 and 16. What an incredible testimony when you think about what Job had just been through. Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. But I will maintain mine own ways before him. He also shall be my salvation. And then there's a colon. It's a change of thought. And he says, for a hypocrite shall not come before him. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Youth, can you make that kind of a decision at your age? Though God's, the life God chooses for you leads is hard like Job. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Older people, can we say that? Though God will slay me, though he brings hard things in my life, yet will I trust him. Why? Because a sinner cannot come before God. The only prayer a sinner prays that can be heard by God, that will be heard by God, that he can count on being heard by God, is a prayer of repentance. Can you imagine living a life without being able to pray to God and ask him for help? Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. That's the road I want to put before you this morning. And it's not all bad. There's a lot of good promises that come with that. Let's turn to Deuteronomy 30. This is actually our text. Deuteronomy 30. It's the third book in the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. I'm sorry, not the third. It's in a little bit. I didn't count there like I should have. But anyway... Sometimes we have a hard time finding those Old Testament books. Deuteronomy 30, the whole chapter, is our text. We're going to look at the whole chapter this morning. And I'm going to go ahead and read this at this time. Verse 1, And it shall come to pass, when all these things are come upon thee, the blessing and the curse which I have set before thee, and thou shalt call them to mind among all the nations whither the Lord thy God hath driven thee, 
and shalt return unto the Lord thy God, and shalt obey his voice according to all that I command thee this day, thou and thy children with all thine heart and with all thy soul, that then the Lord thy God will turn thy captivity and have compassion upon thee, and will return and gather thee from all the nations whither the Lord thy God hath scattered thee. If any of thine be driven out unto the uttermost, outmost parts of heaven, from thence will, will the Lord thy God gather thee, and from thence will he fetch thee. And the Lord thy God will bring thee into the land which thy fathers possessed, and thou shalt possess it. And he will do thee good and multiply thee above thy fathers. And the Lord thy God will circumcise thine heart and the heart of thy seed, to love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul, that thou mayest live. And the Lord thy God will put all these curses upon thine enemies and on them that hate thee, which persecuted thee. And thou shalt return and obey the voice of the Lord and do all his commandments, which I command thee this day. And the Lord thy God will make thee plenteous in every work of thine hand, in the fruit of thy body and in the fruit of thy cattle, and in the fruit of thy land, for good, for the Lord will again rejoice over thee for good, as he rejoiced over thy fathers. If thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to keep his commandments and his statutes, which are written in this book of the law, and if thou turn unto the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul, for this commandment which I command thee this day, it is not hidden from thee, neither is it far off, it is not in heaven that thou shouldest say, Who shall go up for us to heaven and bring it unto us, that we may hear it and do it? Neither is it beyond the sea that thou shouldest say, Who shall go over the sea for us and bring it unto us, that we may hear it and do it? But the word is very nigh unto thee. In thy mouth and in thy heart thou mayest do it. See, I have set before thee this day life and good, death and evil, in that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, that thou mayest live and multiply, and the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land whither thou goest to possess it. <clears throat> Excuse me. But if thine heart turn away so that thou wilt not hear, but shalt be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I denounce unto you this day that ye shall surely perish, and that ye shall not, not prolong your days upon the land whither thou pat passes over Jordan to go to possess it. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life, that both thou and thy seed may live, that thou mayest love the Lord thy God, and that thou mayest obey his voice, and that thou mayest cleave unto him, for he is thy life and the length of thy days, that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham to Isaac and to Jacob to give them. Now we can look at this passage and say that was for the Old Testament. That was Old Testament. It was for Israel. But you're right. It was written for Israel. But Israel is a type of the church. Israel was how God was showing them what he wanted for us today. And there is a verse in this passage that makes it very clear that this this is not just, this wasn't completely fulfilled for the children of Israel. It was for us today. So let's look at this passage as if it's written to you, to me. The, the Israelites were chosen by God to be his own. It is your choice whether you are chosen by God to be his own. And I hope many of you have. 
but it keeps on. You don't make that choice. You make that choice once, but you continue to choose to follow God through your life. Let's go back to verse 1. He's talking to this, the children of Israel that were, he said, if you go and you leave and you're scattered out amongst all the nations, I think we can really look at that as if he's saying, when you've come to the age of accountability, when you realize that you need a Savior, when you realize that you're not enough on your own and you have a choice to make, when the children of Israel left God and he sent them out, they would come to a place where they realized they needed God and they would repent. Maybe you're there this morning. I don't know. You have a choice to make. They had a choice to make. Verses 2 to 5. And shalt return unto the Lord thy God and shalt obey his voice according to all that I have commanded thee this day. Thou and thy children with all thine heart and with all thy soul, that then the Lord will turn thy captivity and have compassion on thee and will return and gather thee from all the nations, whither, thou, whither the Lord thy God has scattered thee. We could go on and read all that. They needed to choose with all their heart and with all their soul to come back to God. If they did that, God would deliver them from their captivity, no, no matter how far they had taken, that they had gone. No matter how bad their life had become, God would bring them back. He's saying the same thing to you. In verse 4, If any of thine be driven out into the outmost parts of the heavens, from thence will the Lord thy God gather thee. No matter how far we've gone from God, when we make that choice to come back to him, he will bring us back. No matter how bad we've messed up, no matter how awful the place we find ourselves, if we turn our hearts to God and all our soul seeks him, he will bring us back to himself. Moving on to verse 6, it points forward to the New Testament church. This is the, the verse that... Um, I feel like really points to the New Testament church. This didn't fully, this promise didn't fully come to fruition until Christ came. He says, And the Lord thy God will circumcise thine heart and the heart of thy seed to love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul that thou mayest live. That didn't come to full fruition until Jesus came for us. That's why I think this passage is so applicable to us today. And he gives us the reason for the circumcision of the heart that we may live. Do you know what it is to really live? As youth, it seems like really living, this time of year may be spending about three days a week on the slopes, snowboarding. Or maybe it's playing volleyball three nights a week. Or going, coffee, going to the coffee shop with your friends a lot. Whatever it is that you really enjoy, man, that's really living. That's second best. When all those things, or any of your life is done to honor and glorify God, that's really living. When life isn't about me anymore, it's about serving God, that's really living. And he's calling us. I want to do this in your life so you can really live. Now, this circumcision of the heart, 
And I told you this is going to be a little heavy for the youth. Just So there's a lot of meat here for us to think about. But the circumcision of the heart that, God, that he talks about in, in verse 6 here, it's a word picture of how God wants to cut away the old man from our hearts. He wants to, he wants to and will take away the generational sins and weaknesses of our human flesh and set a mark on us, on our hearts, that we are his. But God can't do that unless we fully surrender to him. Unless we choose that road less taken. If we want God to do this miraculous work in our lives, we have a choice to make. And some things we have to do. Look again at verse 2. We must return and obey. It says obey his voice. New Testament, that's obey the Holy Spirit's leading in our lives. The Holy Spirit's guidance. Truly obey God from the heart. If we want that change of heart, we have to obey God. It's an action word there. We have to return and obey. Now, the blessings of this circumcision of heart is not just for us. It's for our children also. Verse 6 brings that out. The Lord thy God will circumcise thine heart and the heart of thy seed to love the Lord thy God with all thine heart. So what does he mean? How can my choice affect my children? So as my life is changed, as you give your life to the Lord, as you don't start those bad habits that become sins that take you down, as you don't smoke the first cigarette, don't do the first drugs, don't take the first drink, don't become a drunkard, look at the chance your children have of not being a drunkard, not being a drug addict, not being left in a home without a daddy and mama. You see, as we let God circumcise, circumcise our hearts, cut away the bad stuff, it affects generations to come. And it starts now. It starts in your life right now. You're in that yellow wood of decision. Which way do I go? It affects much more than just you. It starts with you. It starts with your choices. I say youth, choose life. Choose to love the Lord with all your heart and soul. Why? So that you can really live. Let's look at verses 7 to 10. This is what happens when we do that. And the Lord thy God will put all these curses upon thine enemies and on, on, and on them that hate thee, which persecuted thee. And thou shalt return and obey the voice of the Lord and do all his commandments which I command thee this day. And he goes on to talk how he'll bless them. And at the end of verse 9 he says, And I will rejoice over thee for good as he rejoiced over thy fathers. I don't know how many of you were at conference but a question was asked there, what puts a sparkle in God's eye? Is it enough to just get by and not annoy God? Is that what we're trying to live for? No, we're not just trying not to annoy God. 
We're not, we're not trying just to get by good enough to where God doesn't send us to hell. That's not the point. That's not really living. Really living is living to put a sparkle in God's eye. So what puts a sparkle in God's eye? What really makes God happy? Well, he gives us a really good picture here. Verse 7. God turns when we sell out to him. The things that we would have incurred on ourselves get turned towards those that are against us. Verse 8 to 9, God brings blessing into our lives instead of cursing. Verse, and the end of verse 9, For the Lord will again rejoice over thee for good as he rejoiced over thy fathers. What makes the heart of God sing? True obedience. Choosing to love God. Loving God isn't natural, something that just happens. You have to choose to love God. Now there's a, in the middle of verse 9, there's a, in my Bible anyway, there's a colon. And it says at the very end, For the Lord will again rejoice over thee for good, as he rejoiced over thy fathers. And then in verse 10, it it gives why he will do that. If thou will hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to keep his commandments and his statutes, which are written in this book of the law, and if thou turn unto the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul, that's what puts a sparkle in God's eye. And as a father... God is our father. And as a father, when my children respond out of love, in obedience, and happily do what needs to be done, maybe I don't even tell them, but they just do it. You know the job has to be done anyway. It makes such a difference. Our Heavenly Father is just like us and what makes us happy. When we serve God from a heart of love and thankfulness, that puts a sparkle in God's eye. And I want you to take note of three words in verse 10. They're action words. Hearken, keep, and turn. Like I said, there's a lot of action words going on here in this passage. Things that you need to do, that you've got to put energy into. Hearken is to listen. Keep. Let me look here again. Keep his commandments and his statutes and turn to the Lord with all your heart. Choose that road, the road not many people have taken. Young people, most likely you will never have more energy in life than you do right now. There's never a better time to hearken, keep, and listen. I'm sorry, hearken, keep, and turn than right now. Choose the right road early in life before the wrong road robs you of precious time and innocence. Let's move on to verses 11 to 13. They pretty much say it's not that difficult to know which road you should take. 
God's placed it in your heart. It's a thing called your conscience. If we listen to it, it will give us pretty clear directions for almost everything in life. There are times that we need to weigh our conscience against the Word of God. There are times that our conscience doesn't speak to us, and the Word of God does. We need to hold that line. But God's put it in our hearts what is right and wrong. Now, the next five verses were actually going to be the basis for the message, but God saw fit to add everything else in when I got started studying. So in verse, 10, verse 15, then, moving on, we see the two roads. See, I have set before thee this day life and good, death and evil. Some try to walk both. Now, if you think of somebody on that road with people going both directions, and somebody trying to walk both, what happens? They get really, really, really turned around. It doesn't work. You don't get anywhere. The road of self will take you downhill, always. Which road will you choose? There's another action word. Many try not to choose, but not choosing the right road is actually choosing the wrong road. You don't have a choice whether you choose or not. You do choose. You're either on the wrong road or the right road, one or the other. Verse 16 gives us several more action words. Let's look at that. In, this, in that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, that thou mayest live and multiply. So we understand that loving God is a command all throughout Scripture. And walking in his ways is the only way to please him. We've been taught that from little up. But what about keeping? What does that mean? What does he mean or expect when he says keep his commandments, statutes, and judgments? Now remember, we're trying to figure out how to walk this road less traveled. So what, is, what does keep here mean? And this, gets a little, this dives just a little bit deep. But I went back and looked at that, that word keep in the Hebrew. It is the word shamar. Number 08104, if you're into studying Hebrew. Really, I guess it's pronounced shamar. But anyway, it means to hedge as with thorns or a fence, to guard, to protect, to attend to, etc. It also means to be circumspect, to take heed, to mark, to look narrowly upon, to observe, to preserve, to regard, to watch, or to be a watchman. So there's something here we're supposed to really be looking after, really be looking into and taking care of. So if we want to walk this road less traveled, this road of blessing, in life, we're going to have to guard and protect God's word in our hearts. As I mentioned earlier, our youth face a lot of pressures that we didn't face. One of the things I thought about was, you know, we had to go, if we wanted music, we had to go to the store and buy music, buy a CD or tape. And it wasn't that hard for our parents to take a glance at what we're listening to. We could turn on the radio um, if we wanted to, but a lot of what we consumed was something we purchased. Today, the very 
websites or electronic media sources that we use to get all the good music is also a source of any kind of information and bad music that you may want. That wasn't an issue so much when we were growing up. So youth, you have to guard and keep this word in your heart or else it will be snatched away. The world around us is doing its very best to water down what God says. The music you hear, the news you read, and maybe even the Christian literature you read can have a negative effect on our view of God's commandments, statutes, and judgments. So now we're talking another couple really big words there. Commandments, statutes, and judgments. What are they? Well, commandments, we understand those. Ten commandments. Thou shalt and thou shalt not. It's pretty clear in the Old Testament. Statutes are customs or ordinances. God's directives for a holy life. Now, you've grown up hearing the Bible taught all your life. Most of you have. Some here haven't. Do you realize the blessing that you've been given? Many Christians, though they've grown up in church, have never heard of separation and nonconformity. Many have never heard of non-resistance and loving your enemies. Or why a Christian lady should wear a veiling. They've never heard that God expects men to dress like men and women to dress like women. And that beauty comes from the heart, not from jewelry, makeup and clothing and hairstyles. This is what he's talking about when he says statutes. Direct us for life. Watch over them. Protect them. Protect what you've been taught. Understand and consider precious the directives or statutes that God has given for living life. That will help you incredibly on your journey on the right road. Now, judgments, what are they? Last of the three. A judgment is a verdict or a decree. In other words, what God has said is sin, is sin. When he says homosexuality is wrong, then it's wrong. When he says that divorce and remarriage is adultery, then it's adultery. There's many, there are many things that God has placed judgment on, except those judgments. It's right, it's wrong. If the Bible speaks to it, live by what the Bible says. We get really confused when we try to start saying the Bible doesn't say what the Bible does say. Protect the word of God in your heart. Walking the high road takes effort and action, but it leads to peace and blessing here on earth and life for eternity. I say again, choose life. All right, verses 17 and 18. Let's look briefly at the other road. God's very clear and concise as to what happens if we choose not to choose. If we choose not to choose the road that he calls us to. This is the road you will walk down. Verse 17. But if thine heart turn away so that thou wilt not hear, but shalt be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I denounce unto you this day that ye shall surely perish. And that you shall not prolong your days on, upon the land, whether thou passest over, the, over Jordan to possess it. That's just as real today as it was for the children of Israel. If you turn away from God, you're going to die. Spiritually, 
eventually for eternity. Young people, there are many... Sorry, start up. There are many gods that you can choose to, to worship. But all these gods have something in common. They all appeal to the lust of the flesh. What I want to do. They all appeal to earthly desires. We could make quite a list of gods. I won't go there today. Each of you as you grow older will face temptations. Different people are tempted in different ways. But every time you're tempted to sin, it is the same as being tempted to worship a false god. Anything that we want more than we want God, the true God, is a God. Anything that takes us away from God is a God. And it is an idol. So anything we allow to come between us and God is an idol in our lives. Again, I say choose life. Choose to serve God. If we don't, we choose death. Spiritual death or separation from God, here and an eternity after death, so awful that none of us can imagine it. We choose that if we decide not to choose. Verses 19 and 20. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you. And I, I copied this out of New King James Version. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice and that you may cling to him for he is your life and the length of your days. Choose life. Let's turn back to well, you don't need to turn there, but Job 13, verses 15 and 16. And I've, I've got that here. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. But I will maintain mine own ways before him. He also shall be my salvation, for an hypocrite shall not come before him. Can we say that? Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Is that where I'm at? Have I chosen the high road, the road less taken? Which robe will you choose? Popular path of serving self or the less traveled travel road of serving God? And again I say, choose life. It makes a difference for eternity. Let's have a song. <laughs>